0: Four years after Isla Nubar, a new island emerges full of mysteries, dinosaurs, and Olympic gymnast body doubles. It's The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Mafia, wake up, wake up.
1: Wake
0: up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you.
1: had to start it out on a bad note by bringing that up
0: <laughs>
1: i don't even want to talk about it and i know i know i'll bring it up like three more times
0: no i'm, I'm not talking about it anymore it's just that's the only time i'm gonna talk about it this entire episode that's it i that's hate the only it so time. much it's only time welcome <laughs> back to the monsters vs. men podcast the bargain basement of monster podcasting airways. this week as we try to stay alive we are discussing the lost world jurassic park with me today I've got none other than Jeff Goldblum's tight leather pants himself, Alex.
1: Oh, and I'm joined by that snake slithering down your shirt, Eric.
0: Ooh. <laughs> 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 so, Alex, this was a unique viewing experience for me, actually. I, I watch these movies exclusively by myself all the time. Oh, right. okay. Um, sometimes, I mean, Neely might catch some of them. But I watch these movies by myself well i was traveling this weekend and so it was a little bit harder for me to watch by myself my dad started watching and then (laughs) my my mom and and wife started watching like the last hour of the movie not even the whole movie just the last hour of the movie they're like we're gonna pop popcorn and watch the last hour of this movie, right? <laughs> and let me just tell you, it's not a good experience to do this when trying to like review a movie for a podcast, right? Oh, because boy. during during our listening, here's here's some of the things that I had to put up with, like while watching the last hour of this movie, I, I had to deal with entire conversations between my mom and my wife about the day's wordle. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I had to, I had to answer the question, so that T-Rex is like two guys in a suit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had to deal with comments like, I'm sure we liked this movie when it was released.
1: Oh, and, <laughs> wow.
0: And I had to give an entire explanation of the order of the Jurassic Park series, um, followed by the question, wait, so this is Jurassic Park 2? Uh, With me replying, no, this is The Lost World, Jurassic Park. With someone else saying, so The Lost World is like the subtitle? And I had to be like, no, Jurassic Park is the subtitle. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It is weird. It is weird.
1: (laughs) Uh, So don't
0: don't watch a movie that you're planning to (laughs) review on a podcast with your family. Because I just wanted to be like, guys, guys, I'm trying to watch this. Attentively right now. (laughs) And you keep on asking me questions. (laughs) Two guys in a suit?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this sounds awful, Eric. It wasn't great. It was not great. (laughs) But it may have masked some of the issues with the film. So you might actually like it more because you weren't able to drill down some of the problems. Oh.
0: Maybe I did. Well, we'll, I'll, I'll let you find out, Alex, if, if I did. <laughs> well, do we want to jump in then? Yeah. All right. In, in a lot of ways, The Lost World Jurassic Park is like another sequel we talked about a few weeks ago, Alex, The Mummy's Tomb. We've got many, but not all of the same characters returning. A significant time has passed. And most importantly, the threat we thought was in the past has now returned in a new setting and with a vengeance. But like any sequel, we once again have to ask, does the looming threat offer something different or does it simply rehash the familiar?
1: Mm. I mean, this is definitely offering something different. Is it offering dinosaurs again? Yeah. But (laughs) one thing that stuck in the back of my mind, and it was something we said last week. And I I, I kept thinking it the entire time I'm watching it. Don't compare this to Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Because that movie's perfection. It's just not fair. But it also can't be helped. I mean, the subtitle of this movie is the last movie's title. Um, (laughs) So, I mean... So, I I did enjoy this film. I do think it brings something different. It's a totally different feel. Um, And the the way the story plays out is just completely different. Are there dinosaurs chasing people? Yes. But it's got a lot of other things going for it. I mean, I really enjoyed most of my time with the movie. Barring what is considered by me probably one of the worst sequences ever captured on film. The gymnastics scene. (laughs) I... I cannot describe to people how much I hate this scene and how much I've always hated it, even as a kid. It's a fun movie other than that, I think. (laughs) Now, does the plot hold up under scrutiny? (laughs) Do things conveniently happen? But not just conveniently. Do they happen plot-wise? But does the continuity jump to make some of these things happen? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Yes, and, and, and it does actually happen a lot, <laughs> in a lot of ways. But yeah, let's get a bit of your take on this one. You know, I want to hear your initial feelings
0: on this movie. Well, it, yeah, it's weird, Alex, because I I do think back a lot to the Mummy's Tomb, which I'm sure many people listening to this podcast did not listen to our Mummy's Tomb episode because <laughs> no, like, four people four people have seen the Mummy's Tomb, so. We have probably had about two listeners, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. To, I'll try to keep my comparisons um, minimal. But what I what I find interesting is that while I may not rate it higher, I thought the Mummy's Tomb was offering something fresher than what we get here in the Lost World. Mm. But like the Mummy's Tomb, Tomb, this isn't rehashing what we saw in the original, hardly at all. In fact, I think the title of the movie is indeed fitting. Jurassic Park is an afterthought, or at least relegated to a background idea or subtitle in this film. Mm -hmm. It's an adventure island movie more akin to King Kong than to the original Jurassic Park, a more generic monster movie with Jurassic Park clothing, though Mm -hmm. that may be harsh. That's not to say it's all bad, not at all, but it's definitely hammier, campier, and less groundbreaking than the first. But as you said, and as we said last week, it's almost unfair to compare these films because Jurassic Park set such a high bar.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really really did. But yeah, I mean, you can see a lot of this film falls into a lot of the traps that we see in films. And they're not always bad traps to fall in, but sometimes they are traps. Um, You know, bigger is better in this film. That's the approach here. One T Rex? How about two and a half? Three Raptors? How about an entire field of them? <laughs> more <laughs> dinos this time are all hanging around, and more people are also getting eaten. How fun! More, 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 more. But unfortunately, at times the film proves that less is more. Yeah, um, and we get you know we get more effects in this. Some in this movie hold up unbelievably much like the original Jurassic Park. But the T-Rex in the big city scenes, I cannot in any way believe how amazing those moments look.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, it is absolutely incredible. And while there are times like where we get to show some of our dinosaurs in the daylight, it kind of falls into a similar trap that the first movie did. And those dinosaurs kind of fall apart a little bit during the daytime. They're not awful, but in this one, the stegosauruses, they are awful. (laughs) We see some pretty ugly CGI, especially when we first get onto the island. I think it's a weird decision to go full CGI, or at least mostly CGI, with these monsters as a welcome back to Jurassic Park moment. Um, Now, there's other moments too that are a little iffy, like the compies. I always like the compies. I actually think the CGI iterations almost look a little bit better than the animatronics because the animatronics look really stiff, especially when we throw a lot of them onto a character when they're trying to like, eat them. Um, I don't think they actually look particularly good because they repeat motions over and over. And I oh, yeah. don't think they're actually very interesting. Um, so, you know, practically, I think it's probably because of their size that they're not animated as well. But then again, I'm thinking back to the uh, velociraptor, the baby velociraptor from Jurassic Park 1. (laughs) And that's a tiny animatronic, and that thing is absolutely stellar. But it is what it is. I'm kind of nitpicking in terms of effects because overall, the film's pretty great. Now, I do wish a lot of moments in this film match the thrill of like the T Rex paddock scene. But again, that's kind of asking for perfection. (laughs) And instead, we get the moment of hanging off the cliff, which is a incredible, maybe a little too long, but uh-huh. it, what it does is it does give a, a small character a really heroic moment, and that's Eddie, mm-hmm. which I really mm-hmm. like that he has his time to shine before like an almost, <laughs> I, not, I don't know if narcissistic is the way to say it, but and he gets a pretty brutal end. He gets yeah. split between two type for a snack. Yeah. It's rough. And it's pretty brutal for someone who just had a heroic moment, but it also feels not out of line with what you might see, you know, between dinosaurs, <laughs> especially, you know, when there's these moments in the field where they're like hunting everyone down the, the Raptors that mm-hmm. are really fun and imaginative. I love like they slowly start picking them off and it takes them a while to realize what's happening. Yeah. But Unfortunately, like the Raptors, that are pretty cool, even when they are overused in CG a bit, um, they're tainted by a gymnastic scene <laughs> that I can't forget.
0: Um, I, honestly, I don't even think about that scene. Uh, <laughs> You're so lucky, Eric. You're I really so don't. It, it, I mean, it's not good, but like, I just that, thats a scene that's easy for me to ignore. Oh, it's right? not
1: even bad, Eric. It's terrible.
0: uh i do love that moment in the field with the raptors there's that great shot from overhead uh that you just see like the the Mm -hmm. field lines of the raptors coming in really cool i actually have no problem with the visual effects in this movie i think it steps up its game Mm -hmm. while combining the techniques used in the original i think the cg is better overall here which should be uh expected because it's four years you know in the future Uh, But I thought the animatronics were still awesome and integrated really well into the film. I like the baby (laughs) T-Rex. That was a standout for me. Uh, That thing was awesome. It is awesome. Um, Where things go awry for me is in the more comedic tone of the film. Some of the comedy works, but not entirely. It becomes hokey, honestly. And that takes away from the threat of the monsters. Last week, we mentioned that even if you didn't believe that the children could ever die in this adventure. You were invested enough in them and their stories to care anyway. Right here though. I don't feel too invested in any of the characters to care one way or another about their survival, except for Eddie, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I, I don't want Kelly to die, but that's more because she's a kid and not because I'm invested in yeah. her character arc. And speaking of character arcs, The one that matters most for our story, I just need a bit of help with. Maybe you can help me out here. Hmm. Malcolm's character arc. There is one, right? He does have this arc. He he goes from someone who doesn't want his family or himself to be anywhere near dinosaurs to ultimately helping baby T-Rex and mama reunite at the end. Hmm. But here's where maybe you can help me. Why does Malcolm change? What catalyzes this sort of change in him?
1: Oh, that's tough. I mean, one of my general problems with the movie, it's pretty minor because I just you just have to kind of get over it. Uh, it's kind of like my issue with the opening of Alien 3. Mm-hmm. I won't go into it because we'll probably cover it on this podcast at some point. <laughs> but um, my general problem with Malcolm in this movie is that he's kind of a different character than the last film. And while he's still funny and quick-witted, his personality has changed. And not in in a developmental way, but in a I'm a main character now way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So other than that, though, I actually, yeah, I, I I do think he does have an arc. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, his whole fear is what dinosaurs and chaos theory and all this stuff, right, will do to others if they are on land and, you know, or just if people are around them, especially his girlfriend and, well, his daughter when she sneaks on. But it's. I think it's the parental nature of his character and them trying to set that up, you know, him having these other tendrils, whereas he feels like a complete bachelor in the first movie. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. To show him have these other human connections, I think the film attaches him to the Tyrannosaurus this way. Uh, because, you know, there's two parents and this little baby dinosaur. And I think it tethers him to them with the baby T-Rex. Um, and so that's where his investment with the dinosaurs comes through. Yes. It's also kind of trying to want to control the dinosaurs because again, this is a guy that believes very much in chaos. So if he can keep these things tethered away onto an Island, he's all about that. So it does make sense with this character throughout, but he does care. He's a good guy, right? He's always doing the right thing. Uh, but he just kind of doesn't want to be involved. So, I just think his character develops these new attachments in the film to the dinosaurs because he doesn't really have those attachments in the first film. This time, he actually gets attached and tries to help. But also, I think it stays in line with his character, Mm -hmm. and so I, I, I think that that's. I think there might be some other things to it, but from for me, that's where I see it. You know, he's a parent now, (laughs) was a parent. We didn't know it back then, but and so now he sees a parental. Reflection, I guess, in some sort of way, in here. I don't think it's clearly defined, but I do think it's there. Um, and I also really liked another character in this film. Actually, you know, you said you didn't really care for any characters. I don't know if I cared for him until the end, but actually, who I thought was our main villain here, mm-hmm. uh Roland Timbo. I thought he was going to be our main bad guy. Like, yes, we got the engine corporate executive, yeah. right? But Roland Timbo, he when he struts onto the scene, he's got a vibe, right? Like mm-hmm. he is running the show, he tells the Art what might be considered the the main bad guy to sit down and shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> like he's got that awesome line of dialogue about how useless that man is going to be, mm-hmm. and I, I just I just love everything about him. Like I just think he's really cool, but he's also like this pretty daunting figure, and to see him have this complete change in perspective. I actually bought it. I know it might be a bit of a big lunge for some people. But, you know, he takes down this T-Rex, which I think, A, didn't quite satisfy him the way he wanted to because, well, he didn't use the guns he wanted. But more importantly, because his number two, who who, he considers a really good friend, died during, uh, during all the commotion. And so when he dies, he actually, like, realizes that he doesn't have anyone to celebrate with. And maybe when your friends are dying beside you, maybe you have a new perspective on death. And so he actually gets to walk off into the sunset. You know, you don't expect him to live in this movie. And to see him kind of have that turnaround where he's, he's he, has, he has that line where he's kind of tired of being around death, hmm. actually felt bad for him in that moment, despite him being what I initially perceived to be like a very bad guy.
0: I like that. Uh, that's really, that's good. He, he reminds me of, I, I may be wrong in this film, which you can correct me or a listener can correct me. The major in Godzilla versus space Godzilla. Um, they even talk about Roland or someone mentions Roland as a captain. Ahab type. Yes. And yeah. we mentioned that uh, I believe it was major in uh, space Godzilla who. Just wanted to to hunt down Godzilla, like that was his ultimate purpose, you know. Um, and we see that a couple times in a couple different Godzilla films, but I remembered it being particularly Ahab-like in that film. Um, that's what his character reminded me of. But I, I really like uh, the turnaround that you mentioned. Um, that's a good perspective to have. Now, one thing about this film that I remembered a bit differently um, from what I experienced when I was a kid was I, I felt like you know, the city scene must have made it. Do, you don't remember
1: big, your family talking about Wordle when you saw it the first no, time?
0: No, I, I did not know. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the city scene must've made a pretty big impression on me as a youngster because I remember this film being split into almost two equal parts. We had the island and then we had the city, but really we only get the city for the last 20 minutes. And and while my initial feelings is that I think the final 20 minutes of the city feels a bit rushed, I, I wish we had it a little bit longer. Logistically, it makes perfect sense. I mean, how long can you really have a T-Rex wandering around San Diego? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you eventually know. have to explain why the police haven't fired on it, right? Like yeah. you, you get them running away in this. But eventually they're gonna have to draw their guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but you're right. I mean, that a lot of people when they think of this movie, they think of the last twenty minutes. Yeah, and so I, it's just so iconic that it feels like it's a bigger part of the movie. But when you actually watch it, it's really not much.
0: Which I hinted that in our Mummy's Tomb episode, Alex, and I know <laughs> Mummy's Tomb two people listened, but, <laughs> but. Uh, Again, that's what I find so compelling about that last 20 minutes, though, is bringing this external threat to home, right? Uh, Which is the same thing that happened in that film with the mummy, uh, bringing the mummy to a new setting, to home. It's interesting, and we see that sort of idea. That's why I did say this film also reminds me of king kong right essentially that's what it is yeah. um it, it's it's king kong with a t-rex at the end there well with a couple of twists and turns of course it's yeah. not exactly the same but yeah and same sort of idea
1: what i really like about this is how little uh, actually hang on let me see if i save this for an award okay i actually saved this
0: moment for an okay. award so i'm going <laughs> to save it for a minute <laughs> we'll get we'll get into there uh our awards here in just a second alex mvm plus today uh, on Envy & Plus, we're going to speak with our executive producer, Faye, who loves The Lost World, Jurassic Park. I believe she rates it even higher than the original Alex, which I've got to find out if she's just trolling us or not. So It's
1: got to be a troll.
0: I, I'm interviewing her to get her take on why this is potentially a better film. I'll have to see if if she stands by that take uh, in our MVM Plus episode. You can find that over on patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and listen to that episode in our entire backlog of MVM Plus. I have to hear this. <laughs> I have to hear this. I know.
1: Because uh, she's not the first one that said this.
0: No, definitely <laughs> not. Yeah. And I, I'm curious. Like, I know there are others who, who have this take as well. I, I don't see it, but you can make your case. Make your case fit. <laughs> All right, let's move into our awards, Alex. Staple Awards. Uh, compelling Character Award. Who'd you have? Gotta give it to Tembo. You kind of heard my reasons earlier why. Yeah. But he
1: actually does have a character arc. He comes off as the main villain, and he ends up not really being that bad. I mean, he even goes and checks on his second-in-command. Not his best friend, but his second-in-command. Now... He doesn't care a whole lot when he dies. He said that they, uh, I think the quote was that they left the parts they didn't like. (laughs) Uh Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he did go back and search for them. You know, no man left behind type of deal, I guess. But I just really appreciated the attention to this character that he doesn't get killed, which it feels like he should. But then since he didn't die, he learns
0: an important lesson, which was really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. What about you? Yeah.
0: Good choice. Uh, mine was Eddie Carr, uh, <laughs> who, okay, has the tragic end. Um, yeah. I just felt. I mean, he's the one character that I did care about. He went through so much to save his friends. His friends then, after like he went through all that trouble and saved their lives, is he's trying to help them further, and they joke about wanting McDonald's, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no they, they
1: they did they did get mad at them for talking about eddie like when timbo dismisses them being him being killed uh-huh. they're like they're like don't talk about him like that that's our friend blah 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 or something like yeah. that so yeah they at least gave him a little bit of that but yeah they he was did. quickly forgotten about
0: they did yeah poor eddie um but yeah it's interesting i i yeah i felt so bad for the guy he really did everything that he could and more to save their lives. And he did save yep. their lives at the expense of his own. Uh so poor Eddie. What about your most memorable line award?
1: Uh I gotta give it to um Dr. Ian Malcolm, who just has like a thousand lines in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he uh he's talking to Dr. Hammond and he and John says that they like, don't worry, uh I'm not making the same mistake and he says no, you're making a whole new one, and he's like right. just rubbing his forehead, like, "Oh my god."
0: Well, mine is right along there. I think it's the same conversation. Yep. It's Malcolm to Hammond who says, "So you went from capitalist to naturalist in just four years? That's something, <laughs> um, which is, is true, right?" It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand your your arc here. I, I I get it actually, though. Like if you look back on on Hammond as we mentioned last week. If you look back on Hammond, you see some of those elements in there. He's not in it 100% as this pure capitalist. He, he There's something a little bit more to – he wants to build a legacy for himself, yep. which is capitalist in nature still probably. But he, he does want to make this legacy. He wants to build something from his own hands. It is He does kind of want to be godlike in a sense, which is ultimately his downfall. Uh, And maybe that does play into his motivation to try to save these, these animals here. Uh, But that does make him a natural naturalist (laughs) in just four years. So I like that a lot. What about your can't believe that acting award? Gotta give it to Jeff Goldblum as
1: Ian Malcolm? Like, yes, I don't think this is the same Ian Malcolm from the first movie. Uh Um, I think they streamlined him to make him a leading man in this. Um, But, I think he does a really great job. I mean, he's got so many one-liners that he delivers with perfect comedic timing, and there, you know, there is some decent writing in here, especially with the comedy that I would never have caught. You know, there's times where, (laughs) if you at the opening of the movie, oh what Vince Vaughn? Oh yeah, he's Nick Van Owen, and he's calling for, um. Sarah Harding, he's like, "Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Harding!" <laughs> and he's like, "How many Sarahs do you think there are on the island?" But it's funny because when they are being chased by the rafters, <laughs> he's like, "Nick, Nick, Nick Van Owen!" <laughs> and he, he does the same thing, so there's like some really funny moments that are like they're actually throughout. Uh, that kind of do that type of thing, and I really appreciate
0: it. But I've kind of gotten off the topic of Jeff Goldblum, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on the second one. That's funny. <laughs> I thought yeah, yeah. the first line was funny, but I like the Nick Van Owen part. That's funny, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I thought, uh, like, there's like moments like that sprinkled throughout that are really funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jeff Goldblum, he does a really great job and he really sells me on caring for his daughter. Luckily, he does that because otherwise, like you said, Eric other than her being a kid, I probably wouldn't care yeah. <laughs> about her. Um, unfortunately but he, yeah. he tells me about his concern about everybody and the way he plays off everybody. is just great.
0: I think he's great. I do. I think Jeff Goldblum's great. I, I don't know if he, if this is the best role for him. Uh, I don't know if he is, I don't know if he is a, an action star or like oh, the leading no. man in, in this type of movie, you know? Um, He's perfect in his role as Ian Malcolm in the original, right? Like this comedic yes. guy to the side that likes to, to laugh <laughs> and make commentary on what's happening. He's great. <laughs> um, as the leading man, he's, he's okay. I do like him here a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's probably a reason we don't see him as the leading man. In a lot of other movies, but, oh. uh, my can't believe the acting award is your guy. Actually, Pete Post, the Roland Timbo is, is your character. Uh, his actor's yeah. name is Pete posleth. I think <laughs> I, think, if I pronounced <laughs> that correctly, um, well,
1: po- po- Yeah. I th- uh, yeah. No.
0: Possess. Um, you're right he brings that scene where he puts um <laughs> he puts hammond's nephew uh ludlow um t- kind of to shame and and says you know uh, basically i'm the real boss is just great he brings so much gravitas to that scene when you have a guy named roland you better bring it and he brings it <laughs> uh he's great so i i loved his acting here yeah
1: He's great. I I don't know. I don't recognize him from a lot of films. But I bet if I looked at his filmography, I'd be like, ah, he's that guy in every movie. You just don't know it.
0: For sure. For sure. No, he has to be. (laughs) Yeah, I I do recognize him. He's been in other things, I'm sure. Um, What about your standout effect award?
1: I mean, again, I mentioned it earlier, but T Rex in the City. Oh, yeah. The way they did it, it's just kind of, you know, there's a reason they do special effects at night so much. Yeah. In these movies, and it's only like recently that we really get a lot of visual effects during the daytime. Because it's just so hard to do, but it, it, it doesn't really matter because it's flawless, really, in these city moments. And it's just, oh. give me more T-Rex's drinking pool water, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, you are right. You're right. Uh, it, you? it is great. Um, before I give you my award, Alex, Pete Pasta wait. I've seen 9% of his movies, but he's been in 77 films, <laughs> including Inception, The Usual Suspects, The Town, Alien 3, oh, and many the, others that you've seen.
1: The Town. So I think that was his last role, actually, if I'm oh, remembering really? right. I think yeah. he
0: died after that. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. Yep. Um... Look at that. Yep, Why I do I know right. that? I don't know. <laughs> um, my, my standout effect award is the trailer scene, which yeah, I really like it's awesome. a lot. It, it's a great scene. Uh, I like the two T-Rexes. It's pretty intimidating. Um, it's inevitable that you compare it, <laughs> right? Again, it's inevitable that you compare it to the T-Rex paddock scene. Yep. Um, because it is similar in nature. Uh, but if you took the other scene away, you would look at this scene and just be like, wow, how did they, they pull that off? There's a lot of practical effects in there that had to be done, uh, a whole lot of choreography. That scene um, had to take forever to shoot. Uh, and so I, I'm really impressed by it, from the effects to the, the shots, uh, to just the scope of it. As you said, it might go on a little too long, Uh, but I I really enjoyed it, and And it had that baby T-Rex. This was
1: the first film that I ever saw. I'm not saying it's the first film to do it, but it's the first film I ever saw play with a character being on glass like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was so tense as a kid. You're like, oh, this is so cool.
0: Very cool. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Uh, What about, oh, that's a good shot award.
1: Mm, I got to give it to... The shot of, so this is when the other team first arrives and they're all in their Jeeps. And there's, there's a shot behind, I think it's Timbo's Jeep. Like, I can't remember if he's occupying it or not. But it's a Jeep. trace They're chasing down the dinosaurs. But all you can really see is the hydrosaur to the right of them. And then there's a sun rise right in front mm. of them. Ooh. And it's just a really cool visual shot, so yeah, I could give it to that one. What about you?
0: You're speaking my love language today, Alex. I know. Um, uh, you mentioned the T Rex in the city, and you mentioned T Rex drinking from pools. I, I, the the shot that stands out to me is just the shot of the T Rex looking in the kid's window, because that's the scene, like that's the shot that I remember as a kid that like stood out to me. <laughs> Uh, Is that T Rex looking into my bedroom window? It's so uh, memorable, and especially yes. when he's
1: got the dog, the, oh, yeah. the dog house hanging out of his mouth.
0: Well, uh, uh, as another member of my family commented on that scene, I like to think that the dog escaped that moment. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, oh, Alex. Yeah. Uh, a, a little bonus award here, because as you mentioned, there are more deaths. Uh, in mm-hmm. this one A lot more monster killing So what was your Dino Death Award For The Lost World
1: Yeah, I gotta give it to Dr. Robert Burke This is the other Paleontologist on the Rival team The one's like dressed like a cowboy, got the big beard um, Just really Kind of humorous ex- uh, Escalation of a scene we get earlier. This is the guy that has the snake not only go down his shirt, but then it scares him so much that he runs into a T-Rex's mouth. And then we get that crunch and then the blood Uh, going down the waterfall, which is Mm -hmm. like a nice little escalation of the compies and the water going down and it turns red. But this one was like way more fun. And I, uh, (laughs) I, I, if I was him, I would not have ran away. (laughs) I don't think most people would not have. I think most people would be able to stay still, even with a I snake
0: did on them. I do too. Uh, but what yeah, that you? was a good one. That's a great one. Uh, mine is. You know, I love that baby T Rex. Oh yeah. So mine is Mama T Rex feeding baby T Rex. or using oh. Peter Ludlow specifically as training for yes. baby T Rex at the end. <laughs> I made a comment to my family that that would probably be one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. Like he's
1: not, that that thing's not getting you quick.
0: No, no. Unlike the, the daddy T-Rex or mama T-Rex that would get you quick. That thing's, that thing's going to gnaw on you a little bit. It's going to, that's going (laughs) to (laughs) be (laughs) rough. All right. Unique award. Man, we got a lot of awards this week, Alex, unique awards. Who'd you have?
1: I got the, uh, this makes no damn sense. Award. Uh, okay. it's gotta be the the boat that they show up on. Oh yeah, how did everybody get eaten? How? I don't know. There's no way that everybody got eaten on that boat. Yeah, one one of them is holding onto the steering wheel where a T Rex could not reach him. Yeah, and it doesn't so make any sense. It, no, it doesn't make any sense. So I did. Lo- I did have to do research. Believe it or not, I had to look up like why. Who can explain this to me? This can nonsense. Anybody? No. But it's mostly because apparently this movie was actually kind of rushed yeah. by the studio. Uh, and there was plans to film a scene where raptors get on the boat. And they are what kills everybody. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and then I guess they get knocked off the boat or they get killed by the T-Rex or something. Um, apparently that moment's actually in the books. Huh. So, it's just like an oversight that they just didn't have time for.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> My unique award is the most unique name award. And that goes to Nick Van Owen, um, mm-hmm. which is just a completely made-up fictional name. There's no Van Owens, I don't think. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like It's just <laughs> too very common American names with a van in the middle to make it sound exotic. Nick yes. Van Owen. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Uh final thoughts and tiered rating. I think we both know this doesn't fall above um the original. No. But I am curious, what tier does this land? How do you view the Lost World Jurassic Park?
1: Yeah, this is like uh this is a high-end gamma tier. It's not teetering into godzilla tier or anything like that but it is a high-end uh gamma tier you know the effects are overall pretty great the f- it's a fun movie i had more times watching it this time than i've ever had if i'm being honest
0: you had um, more fun watching it this time
1: i did have fun but i just had more problems with the oh, film yeah. itself uh this time more than i really ever have i think it could have been a number of factors, who knows i watched it really late last night too <laughs> um and but there's just a lot to still love about this movie, even though it has so many problems um but I think it's a firm gamma tier the actions the action's all wonderful Ian Malcolm's great, even if he's not as good in the previous movie. And uh, you know what? We did? We hardly even talked about him, but I was so glad to see him in this. He was in this more than I thought he was. Uh, yeah. What a gem. What a just Just a gem. And um, so this is a solid camera. They're, they're, it's less than the other movies in every way, even though it adds more. But yeah. there's still a lot to like here.
0: I, I think you can make the case. We said we're, we're not quite sure how someone could rate this film higher than Jurassic Park. I I think the case would have to be made that you just have overall, you just have a better time with this film. I can see that. Like some people just having a better time with this film It is campier. Like I mentioned. Oh yeah. Does it, does it succeed in its camp? I think that's up for debate and and one that I'm not so sure about um, because I am not as invested in these characters. So that's what makes the first film work for me. It's just how invested we become really pretty quickly in, in, in the characters. Plus you just have action scenes that can't really be touched. Um, just just moments of tension that, that can't be touched from that first film. This film tries its best to do that. But as I said in some of my first comments, it's it's not necessarily as much Jurassic Park as it is a monster movie in Jurassic Park clothing, which is great. Yeah. Like there's so much that I really like here. Uh, it is hampered maybe even by the fact that it is called Jurassic Park, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. overall, this is a Gamma tier film for me. Probably right in the middle uh, of the Gamma tier. I'm I'm pretty in the middle with this film. Some stuff that I like some stuff that I question, some stuff that I have some problems with. So I'm right there in the middle. Uh Definitely had a good time despite my family's comments.
1: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
0: next uh, week, Alex, we have Jurassic Park 3. Any uh rhyme for Jurassic Park 3? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, next week we'll find out if Jurassic Park 3 is for thee or if we'll just wish that we were up in a tree.
0: Ooh, yeah. That's good. I like that. That's a good reference. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so use three. Okay. Uh, will, will Jurassic Park I, I, I be fly, 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 or make us die, die, die? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm so excited for this one though,
1: Eric, even though you had that bad rhyme, because we'll see, this might be one of those movies where I rewatch it It's like not as good as I remember it being, but this is one I remember everybody disliking and me being like, I love this movie.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I've only seen it once. Um, I saw it in theaters when it came out, Mm. and I have not seen it since then.
1: Okay. I've seen it like probably four or five times.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A few more times than me. That yeah, I've only seen it once. Um, I have seen a couple of scenes in it more than once. There's a stand up scene that I, I definitely remember. I think I've seen oh. it more than once. But um, <laughs> is
1: it involving a plane?
0: Ah, uh, no. Oh, it's, okay. All right. Yeah, that's the one. Not. I'll tell you next week. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. As always, thank you. For, thank you for listening to Monsters vs Men. Leave us feedback on the Lost World Jurassic Park. Uh, or anything from the show at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com and we'll read those comments on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain basemite at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basir, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Just a thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3, which forms Sublock B, Louis Loops, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't ever
1: have gymnastics in your dinosaur movie.
0: <laughs> and try, try to, to stay alive. alive.
1: Mafia, wake up, wake up. up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you.
0: Hey, they set it up. You know, they set up a the gymnastic scene. I yeah, mean, with that did one line it earlier on. So, I mean, it was set line, up perfectly. Yeah. And then I like that it feels like we have 10 minutes of her
1: swinging on these dang poles.
0: Look, oh she's really good. She should not have been cut from her team.
1: I like how long she has to set up for it. Like, she knows where that raptor's going and she just swings on those bars. She over should not have, have been cut from her
0: team, Alex.
1: Just so you know, the first raptor to be killed by somebody in one of these movies. It's by somebody doing gymnastics.
0: (laughs) Just so you know, Alex, (laughs) we should have raptors at every gymnastics meet from here on out because apparently it raises everyone's gymnastics level to a whole other level.
1: Oh, I like it. Just practicing gymnastics immediately makes you Olympic level.
0: (laughs) So that T-Rex is like two guys in a suit, right?